Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, once again, your host, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sports Wire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, truly thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I really, really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. This episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our great friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And as I've mentioned before, and I'll mention it again, DraftKings consistently is giving you guys unbelievable opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So if that's something you want to get into and you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up. You use our promo code THPN, and you tell them that Neil Villapiano sent you. Folks, we are really now into the offseason. It has been almost a week since uh, the last game of the Stanley Cup Finals, games, uh, Game 6. And the offseason is really heating up. As you can tell from the title of this episode, we got a bunch of things to talk about here on this episode. I mean, the first thing we're going to talk about is somebody who was a major devil's target when it came to a trade because he was a restricted free agent that actually ended up finding a new home. And we'll talk about that. Um, We will definitely talk about that. And then the nitty gritty of this episode is going to be talking about five different rumors that involve the New Jersey Devils that I wanted to discuss in um, in detail. So might be a little bit of a shorter episode, but. You guys all know that uh, sometimes just isn't a whole lot going on. But again, 
We are also a week away from the time you guys are listening to this episode. We are a week away from the NHL draft. So there is a lot, a lot that is going to happen between now and July 7th. So buckle in, folks, and make sure you guys are following me on Twitter at Devil State, as well as Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And I will be consistently sharing the most up-to-date information I can give you from every single devil source and everything that we got. And we will go from there. All right. So as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Kevin Fiala. So as we all know, Kevin Fiala has been consistently rumored to the New Jersey Devils for the last couple of months. He is a restricted free agent from the Minnesota Wild. The Wild have made it pretty clear that they were probably not going to keep him and that they were going to just try to probably move him, you know, trade his rights to someone else to at least get some assets so you don't lose Kevin Fiala for nothing. So that was something that uh, we were all keeping our eye on. Kevin Fiala is from Switzerland, very good friends with Nico Kiescher. He is a goal scorer. He is a winger. He is a guy that honestly could fit super, super well on our top six and somebody that in many ways we were kind of expecting to be a guy that would end up on the Devils. So what happened was on Wednesday, Wednesday like morning, early afternoon, Elliot Friedman reported that a trade for Kevin Fiala was happening, that it was pretty much imminent, that it wasn't a matter of if he was going to get traded, it was a matter of when. So you, so he heard from his sources, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, heard that somebody was trading for Kevin Fiala. He just didn't have the details. Now, at the time when he said this, the New Jersey Devils and the Ottawa Senators were frontrunners um, at this moment, with the Devils really kind of being the first frontrunner, I guess, so to speak. I mean, there's really only one frontrunner, so I guess you'd say it was the Devils. So at that point, you are kind of expecting and assuming that it's going to be the Devils, that at some point today, the, the Devils are going to announce, or at least, you know, sources are going to announce that the Devils had acquired Kevin Fiala. That was kind of, I was I remember just looking on social media, looking on Twitter, and everybody talking about it, saying like, oh, what did we give up? This, that, and the other thing. Like, basically expecting that Kevin Fiala would be a New Jersey Devil. And then at around... 4.35 o'clock Eastern time, uh, Michael Russo, who covers the Minnesota Wild for The Athletic, put a tweet out that announced that the LA Kings had acquired the rights to Kevin Fiala in exchange for the Kings 2022 first round pick, which is like, um, it's like middle of the middle of the draft because the Kings made the playoffs. I think it's like 17th, 18th, 19th uh, range. And also, currently, the captain of the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers hockey team, Brock Faber, who is a former second-round pick of the LA Kings. And that was it. That was that was the entire trade. And then the Kings announced right after that that they had signed Kevin Fiala to a seven-year extension at a $7.875 million average annual value so certainly an up certainly a higher pay raise than than what kevin fiala got in his prior contract and so i think the first reaction from a lot of us devils fans is disappointed 
because he was one of the many guys that we have been rumored to get, whether it's via trade or free agency. And we know the type of player that Kevin Fiala is and what he can do, especially on a team, you know, like here with the Devils. And it is very unfortunate that uh, the Devils were not able to acquire him. And I think what makes it the most disappointing is just the fact that all the Kings gave up was their first round pick this year and a second, a second round prospect. Um, I think what happened with regards to why Kevin Fiala didn't end up with the devils is simply that I think the wild probably asked about the second overall pick and the devils were not interested in moving the second overall pick. It also could be that they asked about maybe somebody like an Alexander Holtz and the devils looked at it and said, we value Holtz way more um, than we would just trading him. Like we we're not going to trade him for that. And it could be that also Kevin Fiala may have had a, you know, a prior desire to be traded to a specific team like the LA Kings that maybe the devils had an offer. And then Kevin Fiala, although he really doesn't have control necessarily, um, Kevin Fiala was, um, maybe wasn't interested in coming to the Devils. It, it, I mean, again, this is all speculation. This is not confirmed or anything like that. These are just reasons. These are just possible reasons why um, a Kevin Fiala trade to the Devils did not happen. So, And that's, that's again, why it's like disappointing to see the little amount um, that the Wild got back for um, Kevin Fiala. Brock Faber is a guy that I think is a long-term project. And so it's kind of, that's kind of what it is. Uh, now the Minnesota Wild have a, another first round pick, so I think that's definitely important because they can they can def, they still can definitely get a decent prospect. And uh, look, Billy Guerin, former New Jersey Devil and current GM of the Minnesota Wild, he knows that because of the fact that the buyouts of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise begin this season, that he's going to have to rely on a lot of young players on very low money deals uh, for the next couple of years. And he, and that's where it, he really has to hit on some of these prospects. He really does, because that's the only way that the Wild can keep being competitive and trying to get back into the playoffs and make a run even at a Stanley cup, it's a very, very important thing for them to do so. So, you know, they knew the Minnesota wild knew that they were probably not going to be able to afford uh, a Kevin Fiala contract. So they did the smart thing, which is to move Kevin Fiala's rights to another team to acquire some assets. Do I think that the devils could have given the Kings, uh, excuse me, the wild, a better offer than the Kings. I do believe so. But, but my opinion is that probably one of two things happened. One, what the Wild were asking the Devils for was some, was out of the question and the Devils were, you know, not going to budge. Or, and or, Kevin Fiala really, really wasn't big on coming to the Devils. I don't really know why that would be, but it's just something to point out. And I think the Kings wouldn't have made this deal if they didn't sign uh, Fiala to an extension right away. I've used the Jean-Gabriel Pajot trade from a couple of years ago from the Senators to the New York Islanders as a really good example of the Islanders gave up a pretty penny for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, 
But at the same time, they also signed him to an extension, you know, once they acquired him, like the trade happened and the extension happened and then everything was announced. It's the same thing here. What happened was the Kings acquired Kevin Fiala. They probably talked to Fiala either the day before or maybe the day of and negotiated an extension and they immediately and they were able to do so. And honestly, I like this move for the LA Kings. It's a team that is definitely on the rise. You look at what they did in the playoffs this year. They were up three games to two against the Oilers, nearly knocked them out in the first round, had to go seven games with Edmonton, obviously ended up losing, but still to go seven games with a team that wasn't fully healthy, but has a lot of young, talented players. You're adding a, a guy who can be a big, big time scorer for your team long-term and Kevin Fiala, who's entering the prime of his career. I think it's a really good move for L.A. And again, I don't think any Kings fan is going to complain about giving up just one first round pick, which was just for this year, and a second round prospect, the guy who was drafted in the second round. I really, you know, you didn't have to give up any of your top prospects or anything like that to acquire a guy like Fiala, and you're able to sign him to an extension right away. So you don't even have to worry about it being maybe a potential rental. So I think that's a job well done by the L.A. Kings to acquire him. And I just want to say this from a devil's perspective, and this is just talking to all of you guys who are listening. Kevin Fiala is not the be on end all. Okay. As much as we're disappointed that we did not acquire him because he's one of the many guys we've been rumored to, you know, go after. He's one of the many guys we're rumored to go after. He is not the only one. And I think we have to give Tom Fitzgerald an opportunity to make the moves that he wants to make and make the moves that he can make. Because first and foremost, the biggest, the, the first big move is what is he going to do with the second overall pick? We, we don't know even if the Devils are going to be able to draft a guy like Slavkovsky. What if Shane Wright drops the number two? Do the Devils want to take him? Do they move down? You know, does somebody come in at the last minute with a blowaway deal that Fitzgerald would be stupid not to take? And then we take it. You know, who knows? We have no idea. And like I said before, we've been rumored for so many top high scoring star like players and I firmly believe we're going to get one of these guys. It's just a matter of giving Tom Fitzgerald the opportunity to. So I'm not going to sit here and bash Tom Fitzgerald and criticize him for not acquiring Kevin Fiala, even though, again, the LA Kings didn't give up a whole lot for him. I want to give Tom Fitzgerald the entire offseason to prove to all of us that he is doing everything he can to put the Devils in the best position to succeed. And I remember seeing a tweet from NHL Watcher on Twitter very good guy he kind of he he tweets out a lot of the stuff that's like being posted around and you know gives you kind of updates and i remember he was talking about what elliot friedman had said about how the devils want to win this is the year that they want to win and a guy like in our head coach lindy ruff is on a very short leash if things don't go the way that we want them to go so it's clearly obvious to everybody that there is the pressure to succeed going into the 2022-2023 season. And Fitzgerald, as the general manager, his main job is to get guys to come in here to help this team win. And we have the cap space, and we have the team that can really convince a lot of people to come here. We've talked about it before that Fitzgerald has done a really good job of making New Jersey a much more attractive place to come than it was in years past. And you could talk about it from the standpoint of a guy like Dougie Hamilton signing a major long-term deal here. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, potentially Jesper Brad as well, you know, signing long-term deals to stay here. 
And the Devils have an opportunity, not just this year, but for years in, you know, in the future to really, really get, you know, big name guys to come here and help this team win, because that's what we all want to do at the end of the day. So to kind of wrap this whole situation up, I think it's a really good move for the LA Kings. Uh, I think it's good for the Minnesota Wild, like I said before, to at least get some assets uh, for Kevin Fiala. I wonder if they could have gotten more from another team. Um, maybe, like I said before, maybe Kevin Fiala kind of made it seem like that he wasn't going to go to a lot of other teams that might have been interested. Who knows? But the bottom line is this. Kevin Fiala has been traded from the Minnesota Wild to the LA Kings in exchange for a 2022 first round pick and Brock Faber. And then Kevin Fiala immediately signed an extension with the LA Kings seven years at a 7.875 average annual value, $7.875 million AAV. So that is one guy that the Devils can cross off their list of, you know, potential options on the wings. But as I mentioned before, I'll mention it again. Kevin Fiala is not the be all and end all. There's still a lot more opportunities moving forward. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets. No matter what, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the second segment that I wanted to bring up here on this edition of Devil Cinema Podcast is five different rumors that have happened over the course of the last week that I wanted to get to, because some of them I didn't get the chance to talk about in the last episode, because the last episode was more of an emotional episode about me talking about the Devils are going to one day win the Stanley Cup. But this one, I wanted to kind of really, really get you guys caught up to date with the rumors that are involved in the New Jersey Devils. And we'll start with our good friend and a guest of the podcast, Ryan Novozinski of NJ.com. He had reported a couple of days ago, or like maybe like two days ago, that if Ville Huso does indeed reach the open market, the goaltender for the St. Louis Blues, he could be a potential target for the Devils in this offseason. And we've talked about Ville Huso before. He's a guy that is right now, age-wise in the prime of his career, a guy who still doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience, but you saw what he was able to do this past regular season, really kind of take a step forward in his development, and a guy who definitely is going to be a hot commodity if he does indeed reach the open market. Because, as we've talked about before, there are numerous teams out there that are looking for goaltending. The Devils are in that unfortunate spot where they are not the only team looking for, you know, a really, really solid net miner and try to solidify the um, the goaltending position. But Billy Huso is one of the handful of targets that the Devils are probably looking at as potential fits. I probably would have mentioned more Darcy Kemper. 
But that's but unfortunately, because of the fact that Darcy Kemper won the Stanley Cup, that I think honestly, the um the Colorado Avalanche are probably going to try every which way possible to sign Darcy Kemper to another deal. And I mean, if you're Darcy Kemper, you really can't. You, you know, you, you can't blame the guy for wanting to probably stay in Colorado and try to win another cup. So, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about Darcy Kemper a little bit more, but just wanted to mention this one, Billy Huso. We've, we've mentioned him numerous times before a guy that honestly, if the devils were able to bring in, wouldn't necessarily be that bad of a move. Um, honestly, it would create some competition. Like honestly, any guy that we bring in for the most part would create competition with Mackenzie Blackwood. But if you have a guy like Hussell as well as Blackwood, I think, in my opinion, you have a pretty solid tandem going into this season and the seasons moving forward. And again, Hussell is a restricted free agent, so I think he's under, I think I think he's UFA, if I remember correctly. So he, I don't know how much money he would necessarily be looking for, but I wouldn't worry about it because the Devils could definitely afford it as long as they don't overpay, which you very well could, especially with with free agents, but. We'll see about that. But that was the first uh, rumor, first report, anything, whatever you want to call it, that I wanted to uh, mention to you guys. Now, sticking with the goaltending position, because, again, very important thing that the Devils are trying to address this offseason. Second one is Dan Rosen of NHL.com. He posted his June 29th edition of the mailbag, which where he basically he goes on Twitter and he asks people to ask him questions that he can answer in his mailbag. And he doesn't answer everybody's, but he answers the ones that really stand out to him the most. And one was about the next destination for Marc-Andre Fleury. And I know you, a lot of you guys are already rolling your eyes again because you've heard me talk about Flurry before, but just hear me out. So somebody on Twitter at punmaster um, rifkin at p-u-n-m-a-s-t-e-r-r-i-f-k-i-n, he asked uh, Dan Rose and he said, "Best fit for Mark Andre Flurry." And this was just his opinion. This was not a rumor. This is just an opinion. He said, I like the New Jersey Devils, but does the 37-year-old goalie want to go to a team that isn't quite ready to make a cup run when there might be a chance he could sign with the Colorado Avalanche? Darcy Kemper, like Flurry, is a pending unrestricted free agent. If the Avalanche let Kemper hit the market when it opens on July 13th, Flurry could be their number one target, which honestly, the way you know, uh, the, the Avalanche have decided that uh, they could just go through goaltenders and still win. So they've proven, uh, wouldn't put it past him if that ends up being the case. Uh, Flurry is a three-time Stanley Cup champion who has gone to the Stanley Cup Finals five times. The Avalanche want to make a repeat run and having a goalie with Flurry's experience would give them a chance if they don't re-sign Kemper. The Devils need a quality go- veteran goalie to stabilize their back end. They need a leader who can communicate and have fun with a younger team. They need a goalie that everyone on the team can rally around. Flurry checks every box. Of course, Flurry could stay with the Minnesota Wild and make the discussion moot. And again, we've talked about before, and I've tried to keep this updated as much as possible. Flurry has mentioned before that he has the desire to come back for at least next season. Um, he did not specifically say to come back with the Minnesota Wild. I know for a fact that he has no desire of going to the Edmonton Oilers. As a matter of fact, several goaltenders have made it publicly clear they have no desire to go to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but Flurry definitely wants to play. Now, as Dan Rosen mentioned, and as a lot of you have mentioned to me on Twitter as well, and also Instagram about Flurry, that 
Why would Flurry come here? What is the desire for him to come here? Could it be that the Devils give him um, the best opportunity to play a lot? Possible. Um, could they convince him that this is a really, really good team and a team that, with his help, could make that next major step of getting into the playoffs? It's possible. But I definitely think for Flurry, who obviously has already won three cups, definitely, in my opinion, on his way to the Hall of Fame, what would be the the what would be the main desire? Like, is it a championship desire? It's always possible, as we know in hockey, being a magical, unpredictable sport, that the Devils could make a miracle run next season. But it's like let's just let's just worry about trying to get into the playoffs um, and then go from there. But a guy like Flurry, as I've written about before, I've mentioned here on the podcast, I did a whole episode on it and everything like that. It just makes a lot of sense. And he's not going to be asking for a crap load of money. Now, if he's asking for five, six million dollars, I still don't think that's a bad move, in my opinion. And most of you guys have kind of agreed with me that if we sign him for a year or two, it's not the worst thing in the world because then it just gives our younger netminders like Nico Daz, Akira Schmidt, and guys like that more time in the minor leagues to develop. So that we have solutions in net long term with a guy like Blackwood, as well as whoever else that we have. And maybe Flurry, although he would be getting into the same division as the Pittsburgh Penguins. And if you remember, he had declined several times to be traded from Chicago to the Washington Capitals. Would going to the Devils be worse than going than going to the Capitals? In my opinion, no. Would Penguins fans be upset? Probably. They would probably be annoyed. Um, but if the Penguins are not interested in bringing Flurry, which from every single person I've talked to from the Pittsburgh side of things, it doesn't sound like they have any interest in bringing him in, then it's possible. And again, as we mentioned, what if the Avalanche sign um, Darcy Kemper to a contract? Well, he could always go to Toronto, but do the lead, you know, does Flurry want to play in Toronto? He, you know, it's an option. Could he go back to the wild? Yeah, but how close to the wild, especially now they just traded Kevin Fiala and are trying to win with lower term contracts. You know, I mean, they have a lot of talent, don't get me wrong, but having not, you know, losing Kevin Fiala is a pretty big loss on their top six, in my opinion. So all of this, again, is just Dan Rosen giving his opinion. And his opinion it makes a lot of sense from what he just said. He fits a lot of boxes. We need veteran leadership in, in the locker room. We have we have a lot of young guys, but we need some veteran experience. We all know that Flurry is a guy who has a very, very awesome personality. One person I was talking to on Instagram said that he reminds him a lot of PK Subban being this like, you know, young guy in an older man's body and just, you know, being a leader, being a guy that can really direct a lot of the defense and, you know, really help them learn as well as learn from um him, him learning from the defense. And to me personally, it would definitely be uh, a sign of like Fitzgerald wants to win. And that's what it's all about here. He wants to win. He's made this environment a great environment. Everybody talks about how the Devils are a first class organization. And I think that it just makes a lot of sense. So that was just something I wanted to mention. Uh, I didn't expect to mention it, but once I saw the mailbag and he talked about it, it was only fitting that I had to talk about it. So that was something I wanted to mention there. So that was the second thing. The third thing is, uh, again, according to NHL.com, Devils once again have expressed a big interest in signing Johnny Gaudreau if he hits the free agent market. That is not a shocker at all. Um, I firmly believe that if Johnny Gaudreau does indeed decide to test the market, the Devils are going to go after him, and they're going to go after him hard. They're going to probably do it the same way that they did it with Dougie Hamilton, you know, 
really show him that coming back home and playing with this team is going to be beneficial for him. And I've talked about how coming to a young team, an up and coming team like the Devils, it prolongs his opportunity and his window to win a cup. And I think if Johnny Gaudreau could would come here, he would certainly help elevate us even further when it comes to being that much closer to having a team capable of winning the Stanley Cup. So I'm not mentioning that is not mentioning anything new, obviously. But again, just wanted to keep you guys updated that the Devils have publicly expressed a lot of interest in Johnny Gaudreau. And I think that that's uh, something that we'll continue to monitor because we're less than two weeks away from the start of free agency and things are going to pick up very, very quickly. So let's keep an eye on that. Now, going back to the goaltending again for the third time on this segment, uh, Larry Brooks, who I've mentioned before, he, he writes hockey for the New York post. He writes for, I think he, he mostly covers the Rangers, but I think he also writes stuff about the devils as well as the Islanders as well. So he's kind of like the New York, New Jersey writer for the New York post. Um, he wrote this in a little, um, a little segment, in one of his articles, I think he was originally talking about Steven Stamkos, and then he mentioned this in his article, and it reads this. There is a fair amount of chatter from multiple industry sources that the Devils will be in on impending Toronto free agent goaltender Jack Campbell if he hits the open market on July 13th. We're told by one informant that New Jersey may attempt to jump the process by dealing for the 30-year-old's rights if the Maple Leafs cannot or will not extend the netminer who started more than 26 games, 47 to be exact, in a season for the first time in his career. And then it reads, the idea would be to move Mackenzie Blackwood, whose career has somehow careened off course during a couple of drama-filled seasons this fragile team does not need. It also does not need an older veteran coming off injuries to serve as a backup. Example, Corey Crawford, Jonathan Bernier. We're hearing as well that the Devils could have interest in Alexander Georgiev of the New York Rangers. If he becomes unrestricted this summer, but likely as part of a tandem operation rather than as a number one. It is unlikely that the Blue Shirts would send number 40's rights to New Jersey without an overpay. Though if Michael McLeod becomes part of the conversation, I'd be all in. So let's dissect this, shall we? So first and foremost with Jack Campbell. I honestly have no issue with going after Jack Campbell. I really don't because I think that Jack Campbell is right now in the prime of his career, a guy that has shown that he could be a number one guy. You've seen what he's done the last two years in Toronto, playing for the Leafs and having a lot of success. And he wants to be paid. And as we all know, what a shocker. The Leafs who have added, who have put so much money into their top six don't have the huge amount of money to give Jack Campbell a major deal. Now, it's possible that Jack Campbell could just decide, I want to stay in Toronto. I will take a shorter term, bigger AAV deal or a longer term at a much lesser AAV value to stay in Toronto. I think the Leafs Number one priority for goaltending is to keep Jack Campbell. I think they're going to do everything possible to keep Jack Campbell in any way. Maybe they do a bridge deal. Who knows? It's kind of weird, though, to do a bridge deal with a 30-year-old netminder, but I digress. Personally, I think Jack Campbell will be one of those guys that will test the market That will because he knows that he's going to get a lot of teams, that, including the Devils, that will call about him. So he's a guy that the Devils could certainly go after. Now, if the Devils want to get him and just get his rights and everything like that, to me, it would have to be a sign and trade. Like you, you can't just trade for his rights and then not sign him. Because if you remember, and this is a lesser example, but it's an example. Remember how Alex Nedeljkovic was on Carolina last year? 
He got traded to uh, Detroit for the rights to sign Jonathan Bernier, and then Bernier didn't even sign in Carolina. Now, granted, it worked out for Carolina, but it's an example of you traded away assets and didn't even sign the guy that you traded for. Maybe the Hurricanes weren't going to sign Jonathan Bernier at all. Who knows? I don't know. I really don't know. But it's an example. You think any Devils fan would be would be pumped up to trade Mackenzie Blackwood to Toronto for Jack Campbell for the rights to Jack Campbell and then not sign him? We would just be losing. We would just end up then having no goaltender. And look, I know that Mackenzie Blackwood. A lot of people either have given up on him or are very very much unsure about the long term stability of Mackenzie Blackwood, including myself. Um, but right now, he is the best option we have. And we need to add a veteran goaltender uh, with him. Would Jack Campbell come here with Mackenzie Blackwood? I doubt that. Considering he just played 47 games last year and has proven he could be a number one, he would probably have other options out there where he could go and be the number one, like an Edmonton or something like that. Just to, just to give an example, or maybe even a Minnesota, who knows? But it, but it's again, just trying to prove my point. Um if it was a sign and trade, you know, we trade Blackwood and we, you know, acquire Campbell to immediately sign him. Okay. Then there's that. So it's a possibility, but in my opinion, if he's just going to be available and unrestricted free agency, there's no point in trading him unless you really want to get rid of Mackenzie Blackwood and the Leafs have shown a desire, Leafs shown a desire. And I've heard from a lot of Leafs people that they're pretty high on Mackenzie Blackwood and say he could be a dark horse Options. So something to keep in mind. Now, as far as the Alexander Georgiev situation, we've talked about Georgiev before, and I've talked about him being a possible option for the Devils, a guy who would be a cheaper option than some of the other ones that we've talked about, but he is a restricted free agent. And so unless the Devils were able to get him, get his rights and sign him, I, I just don't see it happening. First and foremost, I know the Rangers are definitely trying to move Georgiev. I mean, they, as much as they want to keep both guys, Shesterkin and Georgiev, they know they got Shesterkin. Georgiev, the book is still out on him. He's still somewhat unproven. And Georgiev, I think, has actually expressed desire to leave the Rangers anyway and go somewhere else. Um, and the last thing the Rangers would want to do is trade him to their rival and then him end up becoming really, really good for the Devils and beating the Rangers. Like, that's the last thing you want to do. So I think that unless, like, you know, Larry Brooks mentioned, a massive overpay, that's not really going to happen. Unless for some reason, you know, there's no other options, which I, I still don't think ends up. And again, you know, Georgiev, as much as he does have NHL experience, is just as improved as some of the other guys that we have. So it's not like, do we, do we massively improve the goaltending? Not really. But we go after a guy like Georgiev if we end up dealing uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, and we still need to find another goaltender. We Instead of getting just one, we end up having to get two. So that's something. And the last thing, giving up Michael McLeod. I know a lot of people love Michael McLeod. They love his personality. They love the, you know, the super buddies with him and Nate Bastion. But if, if it required us to give up Michael McLeod to go to the Rangers, I'm not really going to complain. I'm really not. Because we have other young guys that can fill his, fill his role. I believe that. And uh, it's good that Michael McLeod has somewhat found a role now in the NHL, considering how high of a pick he was several years ago. But he wouldn't be a major loss if he ended up having to go over to the Rangers. I mean, Kevin Rooney did it. And Kevin Rooney, while he did play pretty well, I mean, it's not a major loss by any means. So, I mean, I'm not saying that the Devils would be able to acquire 
uh, Georgiev for Michael McLeod. But if that's what it's going to take, I would kind of be on board with that. But again, there's there's so many other options out there. There's so many other options. I know one one friend of mine who's an Islanders fan was talking about we give up a second round pick and acquire Simeon Varlamov, which not a bad option if that's the way we want to go because there's obviously guys that we don't talk about that could be available. So as always with the goaltending, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of rumors, but definitely something the Devils have to address and they will address at some point. I think all of these other rumors we've talked about today, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of these are going to end up being addressed one way or another once we hit free agency on the 13th. We're, the really big thing right now is to focus on the draft and really going from there. And that leads me into the final of the five things I wanted to talk about from the rumors is this. Yurov Slavkovsky has edged out Shane Wright for the top spot in Bob McKenzie of TSN, his final draft ranking. And what's so fascinating, and shout out to Puck Empire on Instagram for sharing this, is that over the last 10 years, Bob McKenzie has almost been never wrong when he makes his final draft ranking. Whoever he has number one, Almost every single time has ended up going number one. Now, Bob McKenzie went on TSN and spoke about the fact that they had that he had asked about nine different scouts or GMs, whatever it was, about um, Slavkovsky or right, and which one they choose. And he said it was five for five for Slavkovsky, four for Shane Wright. So he said this was the closest in a long time that he has had, where it was really, really just neck and neck. That it could go either way, and he mentioned that. It's not like that the Canadians could still not take Shane, Shane Wright. They very well could, and that's the end of it. Um, but Slavkovsky has definitely gotten a lot of attention, especially what, after what he did in the Olympics and also World Championships and just what he can bring to the NHL and maybe being potentially the best prospect in the draft. It's a lot of different things. For the New Jersey Devils, who have the second overall pick, there isn't a whole lot they can do right now because all they can really do is just wait on Montreal to just make a decision. Um, and Slavkovsky, uh, you know, he definitely could fit very, very well playing with a guy like Nick Suzuki. But the reality is, is that they definitely need a top center. They really do. And I do firmly believe that Shane Wright does end up becoming the pick. And I believe that Slavkovsky becomes a New Jersey devil. If Slavkovsky goes number one, am I going to be disappointed? Probably. But we still get a really, really good player in a guy like Shane Wright. And I remember someone mentioned, I think it was Hockey Watcher again on Twitter. He mentioned a center lines of Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Shane Wright is not fair. And that would be pretty impressive to have three quote-unquote franchise centers on your team. All getting paid, well, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer getting paid a pretty amount. And Shane Wright on an entry-level deal. That's pretty damn good. And obviously, if the Devils are not big on Shane Wright, they could always move the pick to maybe move down to get someone else or draft a guy like Simon Nemec, you know, the defenseman from, from Slovakia who's teammates with Slavkovsky. There's all these different options out there, okay? There's all these different options. But it was just something interesting that Slavkovsky moved up to number one on Bob McKenzie's final draft ranking. And that's, you know, Bob McKenzie's been pretty good at, you know, determining who ends up being it both in the years that the devils had the first overall pick 17 and 2019 he had nico heischer and jack hughes respectively as number one on his final draft ranking and what did the devils do they took nico heischer and then took jack hughes so it's very possible that slavkovsky could definitely go to 
Montreal. I think the Canadians are in a very, very tough spot because they may really like Shane Wright, but they also probably really, really like Slavkovsky. And it's a matter of they're probably going to, I honestly believe this, they're going to take it down to the last minute. They're going to take it down to when it's time for them to draft, that they're going to go back and forth with this. And then eventually they're going to have to make a move. They're going to have to make a decision. And then all the Devils can do is just really kind of just take whoever whoever's after that. Or, again, as I mentioned, if they get a blow-away deal at the last minute, which is always possible. So we're not going to know the definitive answers for another week. But it's just kind of a very interesting thing that comes up and something to keep your eye on. And as always, guys, we'll just see what happens. But the bottom line, as always, guys, <laughs> the offseason is heating up. Already trades are happening. More and more rumors are coming around. And we'll see, as always, what the Devils will do in the very, very near future.